0: This is the Huey Alert Podcast with Craig and Shelly Huey, bringing you the tools to transform our nation and culture, the intersection of faith and politics. Hey there, this is Jeffrey Reed, the Executive Director of Election Forum. And I'm also, I guess, more or less Craig Huey's right hand, and so every now and then he lets me take over the podcast. And so today I'm really excited. You hear a lot of background noise. We're at the National Religious Broadcasters a gathering in Orlando. It's in 2023. Uh and there are thousands of people from all over the planet right now gathering here and talking about how to, can we more effectively get the word out? Uh get the gospel out specifically. And uh, so we have the opportunity to meet with a lot of people and I'm here with Ann Edward who is um well, I'm going to let her share your story, but I'm, I'm somewhat captivated because of what is currently, and many listening to this, and it's probably going to be this way for years, at the forefront of our culture. It's a, it's a, um, it's a debate. It's controversial. And it is really, a, it's, it's, it's catalytic in which direction it goes for a presidency and other ways. So Anne, uh, please introduce yourself and give us as much background as you'd like.
1: Sure. Um, well, I when I was 19, I embraced homosexuality. And um, I had been dealing with a lot of those feelings for a long time—same-sex attraction—and um, had tried various things on my own. Uh, was not a believer, and then simply, uh, although I had stalled on all of that because it wasn't okay in the culture a long, long okay, time ago. I don't want
0: to, I'm not going to ask you how old you are. What decade was that? <laughs> That's all. Just what decade did you? Early
1: '80s. Okay. Early '80s. We're, we're, same thing. So, yeah. So. Yeah, Anyhow, you're right. It
0: was not. It was not popular.
1: It was not popular. Pride marches were beginning about then, yeah. and I thought all I knew about Christianity was very, very, very little, and I didn't know God. And uh, but my mom had said when I was quite young, and we claimed to be Christians, we were more cultural Christians. We didn't know the gospel, and um, I wasn't ready for it. But God had, you know, He was working on me. He allowed you He to, was working on me. Pain. Yeah. He did. And so um, my second year in college, I was asking the right questions. Um, who is Jesus? Uh, what is, is there more than this life? Um, those kinds of things. What's the significance of life? Um, big ones. And, and God began drawing my heart to himself. I started having dreams about Jesus as well, <laughs> which were really interrupting my LGBT moving for you know, a lesbian identity process that I was trying to get involved in and um god began to respond and one time i defended jesus to a bunch of my friends at college very liberal school uc santa barbara
0: wow um
1: and it's a pretty crazy party school they made a joke about him and i said hey i don't insult your god uh what are you doing and i thought to myself what in the world did i just say
0: (laughs) yeah do they know what their god is do they realize well they
1: were these folks were jewish they oh, were well, my yeah. friends. Oh, One understood. person in the crowd made a crack, and I just got all defensive. And wow. I, then I thought, what is wrong with me? I, I you know, I don't claim him.
0: And who? Am, yeah, who am I? Yeah, to? who
1: am I to defend him? So anyway, then I really started. Well, we don't started. make fun of your guy because we don't.
0: Do you have one? And it's probably what they thought. <laughs> yeah.
1: Who knows? Yeah. They what were... about
0: your circle? Did you have other uh, uh, LG Well, an LGBTQ. I'm going to say did. that. I'm going to say that by the way as a abbreviation because I, I I can't keep up with the pluses and the other letters. Right. Right. I but did. Uh, but did you have many friends in that circle?
1: I did. I had people I went to gay bars with. I went to gay movies. I went to um, groups on campus, that kind of thing. And so, what interestingly enough, though, I was at one of those meetings at the college and in the middle of that meeting I realized this this thought pierced my own mind it felt like a thought that came from heaven it totally said you're the love you're looking for you're not going to find here Hmm. and I thought oh my gosh I just know that that statement is true and it didn't come from me and so I dashed out and I called out to God went to the library on a Friday night and asked him okay I don't know who you are you could be Hindu Buddhist you could be who knows what but I want to know who the real God is so no fakes not interested so here's the deal um, I want I want to know I hopefully you're not the Christian God because then I have to change my life <laughs> Seriously. Oh,
0: nice. But so here was was fascinating. But here's the stuff you were willing to, to ask the question that most people don't ask us you know, the consequences. You wanted truth. I did. You wanted to know the truth, and you right. were it, that takes courage because a lot of people are like yeah. That's why we've. D- demean that word now we've actually mm-hmm. changed the meaning we've changed definitions of other things but it goes back to what Pontius Pilate said before mm-hmm. Jesus like what is truth he was dismissing the idea that we could know right that's a brave question to ask so you asked it and, and it sounds like God was drawing you in all those years <laughs> he, sure was. Like he had his
1: hand on you the whole time he was kind of like nagging at you a little bit right so so how did it end <laughs> well or then I gave how did it start, I, I, I had not read Gidgen but I gave God a, a laundry list of okay well if whoever you are, here's some things that you can do to show me that you're real, and uh, et cetera. And so I gave him that list. It was very specific. And um, it turned out that the person that he was leading me to was, was Jesus and was a Christian God. And so mm-hmm. then it opened up my heart. It didn't. I didn't it wasn't converted right then, but I yeah. was, like, aware.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And then I started attending an evangelism training class on campus. <laughs> Wow!
0: You dove
1: as a non-believer. You dove in. Who knew she was tinkering around with this, but trying to figure out things yeah. and trying to pretend to fit in. So it was kind yeah. of funny. It's just ironic, you know. There are a lot of laughable things in my early story, but the, those but are God things that great so stories
0: of faith are made of. Like I don't really know what I'm supposed to be looking for, but I want to know the real deal. I don't want to, you know. You want yeah, the red yeah, pill. yeah, yeah. You yeah. want the red pill.
1: I wanted the it, truth. Those of you
0: that you know the Matrix reference, you, you wanted the truth,
1: yeah, the real yeah. world.
0: So uh, you did that, and uh, well, you uh, tell me about your actual conversion or when you feel like I put sure, my sure. stake in the ground with the Lord.
1: Well, honestly, it was the final evangelism training thing. We were talking about big picture topics. I began to realize that Christianity is actually credible and answers the bigger picture questions that make the most difference. Um, so I realized that it's a stake in the ground yeah. that I could. Adopt, but then the final night we were all praying, and I also bowed my head and put my hands together and silent. Everybody Mm -hmm. else prayed, and God made me aware that He was in the room, that He was actually weaving in and out amongst the prayers of the saints. And this was a Baptist group,
0: yeah, right? So, Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, there's a Baptist in the room, or or you know what I mean? It's like like He made me,
1: I'm like, What, who are you? Yeah. This is awesome, but the sense that I had was that he was full of kindness and full of authority, and it was stunning.
0: Not the God you thought he was or that you had been told he was. Yeah,
1: it wasn't some mean guy up there looking to smack people or arbitrary law, but it was actually a person of compassion, of tenderness, of kindness, but also a person of great purpose or authority.
0: Yes. And, and you use the word person, which is which is all, which is not common but proper. God is, is a person; He's very personable, and right? people see Him as, like you said, that distant. You so you. So you, I
1: fell in love, and it only yeah. took a few hours after that. Uh, I was like, "How do I get this person that y'all have in my life?" Um, and I told the pastor, and he said, "Well, when you're ready, here's what the sinner's prayer sounds like, and you know, just let me know if you're going to want to pray that, and I'd be happy to. Just give me a ring." I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to give him a ring. I'm just, <laughs> we'll see oh, yeah. what happens. So later that night, it did, only took a couple hours. I was like, are you kidding? I'd trade everything I have to have this person in my life. The pearl of great price. The treasure hidden in the field. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? That's it. A actual i friend. Yep. I'm, I'm trading my all, which was a mess, mm-hmm. for his all, which was awesome. But it also meant that he was now going to be the most significant person in my life. From here on out, and uh, that that was a big trade. It wasn't inconsequential. I knew it would cost me homosexuality. Yeah. I knew it, and I Were was willing you worried, to let that like, go. Okay,
0: I can let go of that, but God, are you going to make me attracted to men now? Or are you going like, to change that? How, I had how? no idea. So I got two questions. One is like, I had you, absolutely no friend, idea. Okay, so you you did, did you even like
1: didn't think about it? I just pray. thought, I change it?
0: my feelings now or no? I just, no, okay. I was
1: just wanted him. Yeah. I didn't know Which what is would... the
0: best strategy for anybody that's homosexual. Like, listen, I'm not even saying you just need to replace something with something else. Like, fall in love with Jesus, and yeah. he's going to start to shape your heart and your life. But I do want to ask this. Sure. So you make this decision. Who's the first person you told? And then the second question is, who's the first person you told that pushed back?
1: The first person I told was a roommate who was a believer. I had five roommates. One was Hindu. Not that one. Yeah. Yeah yeah. <laughs> Another was an American Indian who was animistic. Yeah. Not that one. Another was a Jewish roommate. <laughs> I didn't tell her. I told the gal who was a Christian. She could tell there was something really different about me. Like my eyes lit up. Yeah. I, I, I was energized. The Holy I was Spirit like, in her was connecting yeah. with the Holy Spirit in you. And she became my mentor as wow. well. She she's still a friend after all these years. And that was a bunch of years ago. Yeah, at least
0: five, five, six years ago. So anyway, I'll skip over (laughs) that. Well, so okay, that's that's (laughs) good. And I mean, she's probably had been praying for you. I mean, that's the way the Lord works. I I know her heart was there for you, but right. So, you, the first time you meet up with one of your your old friends, quote, what was the reaction? Was that
1: night right after I'd received Jesus? You didn't wait.
0: You're just like, I got to tell you. what's Well,
1: no, actually, uh, the pastor had warned me. Hey. Uh, when you do this, let me know because I'm going to be praying for you because the enemy is g- not going to want to let you go. And I'm like, well, okay, I don't really understand what you're talking about, but we'll see. And then um, uh, my friend who was on, who was a lesbian, she was also having to be Jewish because that was my hangout crowd the first year. Um, and then... Um, so
0: technically, you were a Christian lesbian. She was before the Lord, like you would call yourself a, that. And she called herself call a Jewish that. lesbian by the same token. So right. just cultural relation.
1: Yeah, just cultural. And then she, we were on the rugby team together. And it was just a... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Sure you were. It was a mess. There was a bunch of lesbians everywhere hanging all over yeah. each other. And I thought, oh, this is the way I can get involved in the lesbian life. I didn't want to play rugby. And then... Uh, she called me that night after I gave my heart to the Lord and uh, my life, actually, beyond just the heart, everything, Yeah. and uh, she said, Ann, you have to come over. It was like 10 o'clock at night on a, on a, you know, I had to get up early and do stuff the next day. She said, no, you got to come over. So I went over there, and I couldn't stop telling her about Jesus. <laughs> she was oh, like, wow. okay, girl, you can go now. You're good. I'm good. You can leave. <laughs> so... That was the first thing. The next time was I was on a ro- rowing team, the, the crew club for gals that were just starting up. And in that, there was a really hostile gal who was a lesbian and she just started cussing me up and down. And I was like, I don't know why you're doing this. Like you she hadn't just, changed
0: the way you felt about them as friends, right? But they were just, yeah.
1: She was driving the car too. I was stuck as a passenger, and she was like swearing up a storm, and I, I had to sit there for an hour, and take this stuff, all because I had become a Christian. Yeah, wow. it was crazy.
0: You experienced wow. Well, okay, let's fast forward. So that that's interesting. I'm just I'm just processing the way your friend because again, early on, in the culture. She wouldn't have had a lot of people in her corner, so to speak, uh, or they would have to gather them around. And now her corner is massive, and we have some things pressing sure. in, in our culture. And so, what is your greatest concern? And I want to open this up to you. I consider you an expert in this area. I'm just like listening. I just I, I'm I'm concerned for our culture, and I want to know what your greatest sure. concerns are. And you have some things that are helping, uh, and, and in a sense, there's solutions to many of the things. Obviously, they can't be implemented universally, but our job is to get the word out as much as possible but tell us what do you what's your view of the culture right now how things have exploded so to speak recently what should be our greatest concern as believers and of course as Americans
1: well I think there's so many things that have changed in the last 20 years and even in the last five years it's hard to keep almost hard to keep ahead of it and I feel like it's accelerating it's oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah most
0: people are sensing that as well
1: for sure and I think the trans movement is massive it seemed to come out of nowhere and take over that's what it feels like to a lot of people. Um, It's so much so that um, liberal feminist lesbians are opposing the trans movement. In fact, they're They're, into the LGB, but not the T.
0: Yeah, Um, you know, and I've seen that too. I have several friends, especially via social media, who are, who were, uh, would be be considered part of the women's liberation movement, and they're like, wait, it's... They're erasing women. They're erasing women. How can anyone support that and not not only that but the the early indoctrination see i, I mm-hmm. haven't had i, I feel like a, a, a federal law it protects homosexuality and, and I'm, I'm not nec- i don't agree with the lifestyle at all but i've i've been okay with that but now there's almost an intrusion of like you no know, not only do you need to be okay with us you need to advocate for us and celebrate we're gonna you need to celebrate us and you need to do whatever we want you to do sort of it's move towards that is that your take on right
1: that? and they're sometimes leaving out people who are part of the the primary lgbt community who doesn't go along with every single thing don't go along with every single aspect that's being forced down people's throats. so there's a really strong ideological pressure that's on even people in the LGBT community yeah. these days um, and that pressure is go along with what we say even if we change it last minute you have to pivot with us um, and so um, there is a lot of fallout happening related to that. And there are some very courageous people who say, gosh, this looks an awful lot like Nazi Germany, and we're destroying children's bodies for experimental purposes.
0: Yeah, and there's some biblical passages that are like, oh, that means something new. It never meant before. It talks about in the last days, they'll be trading harlots for boys. And that, in, in a sense, it's like, that. so there's always sexual immorality, but the severity or the, I don't know, I don't want to use any other adjectives, the, the severity of it is intensified. It is,
1: it is. And it's a crisis of truth, to be quite honest. It's a crisis of reality. Um, And if we can't know what reality is, like science is irrelevant now to the younger generation. Science is irrelevant. Feelings matter the most. The body can be distorted to match the feelings. In fact, it should be distorted. And the argument about homosexuality is not only should a person or can't a person can't change but they shouldn't change i mean that's like wait a minute if they can't change then what does it matter if they should or shouldn't i mean obviously you're implying that they can change by the second statement so it's really ironic and contradictory and it's not new but it is a lot more pressured so our our argument really is for freedom of speech freedom of religion but Freedom of speech is primary, and if you can't dialogue about um, it, it, if you can't dialogue about things and argue uh, your basis for ideas, then what you end up in is a pressured fascist society. And I think really what we're in right now is more like the Aesop's fable, which is uh, the emperor with no clothes. So everybody's pressured to say a certain thing but actually his invisible clothes aren't even there. Oh yes, Emperor, you have the perfect clothes. Oh, they're just beautiful. They sparkle in the sunlight. Well, actually then the stranger from out of town comes in and says, wait, why are you naked? Um, well, we're, we're becoming, if not already there, we're in that spot. So I think what people really need to know is that when they align with their bodies, when they align with Uh, the nature that they've been given, they actually are gonna be more stable, less depressed. They're going to have better well-being emotionally as well as relationally. And um, the truth of the matter is, People who go down the pathway towards transgender medicine are more suicidal. They're more depressed. They're more anxious.
0: Yeah, this is your area of expertise. Give, give us some it stats because people, <clears throat> like, stats move people if they're communicated.
1: Well, they've been suggesting a suicide prevention strategy of affirming somebody's transgender ideology. Do you want a dead son or a live daughter? Right. That that emotional pressure has been exerted on many families. The truth of the matter is the data underneath that actually doesn't prove that point. Um, there's old data that was society-wide in a, in a Northern European nation, and it said 41% post-surgery committed suicide. They they completed suicide. Okay, I've heard this stat, it's the
0: highest suicide rate of any population group in the history of, of humanity, except Absolutely. for you know, we have mass sometimes you have suicide groups cults, but like from a, a population group, it's it's insane. Right. But why don't okay, so I've seen that stat by credible organizations. Yes. Why don't we hear that?
1: Because it doesn't fit the narrative. Yeah. There's another stat that's really important that people need to know and that is Uh, If somebody goes to get counseling or pastoral care who wants to leave homosexuality, probably not right when they first become a believer, but later on they want to align with their faith, uh, guess what? Are they more suicidal or less suicidal?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, People claim they're twice as suicidal, right? That's what you'll hear in the movies. The truth of the matter is they actually took the data. Is somebody suicidal before? After help? What it what happens? Um, and it actually declines by 18, 17 to twenty five times post care for adults, and half as likely to be suicidal for youth. Um, they also have reversed those bans, which, by the way, everybody should know: conversion therapy bans actually institute trans ideology into law. They're starting there, very underground. Yeah. But it it, it puts it into law. But recently in Florida, Alabama, and Georgia, they overturned three states of the minor conversion therapy bans because they recognize that it's simply speech that's being banned, professional speech. The U.S. Supreme Court and First Amendment uphold that.
0: I think the... um... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to point people to your side at the end, but I think there's two two things to note here. There are two ways that we fight this. Uh, one is uh, the, just spirit, the spiritual side of things, praying exactly. for people, praying their hearts are changed. And the second one which you just alluded to, which we're we neglecting, it's one of the reasons we're here, is litigation. Like mm-hmm. we really have to be cognizant of the laws that are not only in our local municipalities, state, and then federal. And I know we're going to get into this just as we've done with many other issues. Is it a federal issue? Is it a state issue? Is it a You know, what is exactly guaranteed in the Constitution? And so I totally agree with you. This free speech thing is critical. If we can't say what we believe, then we are lost. We've lost everything as believers. Okay, so uh, what's the website that I can uh, point our listeners to?
1: You bet. It's restoredhopenetwork.org. Restoredhopenetwork.org. And we do have a conference coming up. June 9th and tenth. That We're, will that will have great testimonies and fantastic. Where's that going to be? Physically speaking, it's actually virtual. Oh, I was going to say because
0: most of our folks may not be able to go. But so you can they can tune in. They'll get the information on the website. That's right. That as well, and I would encourage you guys to do it. This topic is not going away anytime soon. It won't go away until the Lord returns because it is it's it's a product of a, of generally a depraved generation uh, or several generations that are beginning more depraved as time has passed, as we went through affluence in our country. It's the cycle of almost every nation in history after affluence becomes sort of apathy uh, and contentment. And then you have a degradation until you're, you lose your identity and become another nation or you're taken over. So we're praying that it, that doesn't happen, that the Lord intervenes at least uh, minimally that we are effective at leading as many people to Christ as possible. And they're Amen. brought out of the hopeless life, whether, whether it's LGBTQ or any other number of idols that people are creating to find the hope that they're all innately aware of in the Amen. Lord. So um, I'm going to pray for you real quick and then we're going to close out.
1: Yes, please.
0: Uh, Lord, we love you. Thank you for this time with Ann. I pray that uh, she continues to have a great impact in the community. Uh, that she's from, in addition to those that are trying to really uh, minister to them and change the culture we have or at least stop the way the culture is changing now. So pray that you protect her because I know she's probably attacked on a regular basis and uh, that you would uh, just allow her heart to be strong in the midst of that. Allow her to continue to be a powerful voice uh, for your word. Uh, It's in your name we pray. Amen. And I Mm -hmm. imagine you still probably are slammed a lot social media and all that sort of thing. (laughs) I have friends that are in this realm. It happens. So uh, hey, thank you guys for listening Uh, this Jeffrey Reed, executive director um, of Election Forum uh, and Craig Huey uh, podcast. And we just uh, can't wait to to meet most of you guys. We we meet meet our listeners often, but we thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week. We are listener supported, so please consider partnering with us by donating at craighuey.com or by signing up for our free newsletter. We look forward to being with you next week. And don't forget to share this podcast with others.